Okay. Tov. So, I want to make a clarification um, before we go on inside, because I was thinking about our discussion, our debate last week, uh, <clears throat> and I think I didn't, I didn't articulate myself clearly. And I think there was not only confusion, but possibly a mistake that could come out from it. So I want to clarify, it's important. So we were speaking about last week, the idea, I mean, the Piazetzner is very, very adamant that to join his group, to join the community, one has to always be worried. Doyeg, worried about what's going to be with oneself. What's going to be? <clears throat> and the Piazetzner says that there's this constant gnawing, gnawing away at our heart, the constant feeling that I'm so far from Hashem and I need to do more and what else can I do to get closer. There has to be this constant worrying. <clears throat> so I brought the Likute Torah, right, that we learned from the Alter Rebbe, that the Alter Rebbe says that the, the, the same Chazal, that that they can't give secrets of Torah only to somebody who has this worry. So Alter Rebbe says, what's this worry? The fact that no matter how much you perceive, you're completely far from our self. <clears throat> you're completely far from the infinite light of God. <clears throat> that before the infinite light of God, we're all as naught. And so there's this, this feeling of, of, of almost sick with love. This, you know, they say the Alter Rebbe, uh, in Lekut Diburim, it's brought that the, the, the Alter Rebbe, when he, when, he, when he was a little older, he would have pieces of flesh dropping from his nose, like some really weird sickness. And he went to a doctor, and the doctor said that he has some kind of passionate desire that has never been, can't be quenched. And the Friedrich Rebbe says that that's that desire for Atzmusein Sof, for the essence of God, right? And so that's, that's how the Alter Rebbe says, that's what a person always has to be, I'm so far from the essence of God. Now, I, I want to just clarify also, this isn't, what I, this isn't the main point I want to clarify, but I also want to say it's important to always remember. The same Alter Rebbe that says that one has to be worried about how far one is from God, writes in Tanya, chapter 33, that a person always has to be besimcha, and what's the ultimate simcha amitis? What's the ultimate true simcha? He says there in Tanya chapter 33, that one is always within God. That one is always within Aryan Sof. <clears throat> that all the worlds are included within God's light, like letters of speech before you articulate them, like the ray of the sun before it leaves the sun. We're always within Aryan Sof, and that's the ultimate simcha. So how could you, Alter Rebbe, say that one has to be doyeg bekir boy? Want us to be worried about how far one is from Hashem. You, you, Tani Lamar Gimel, you say that the ultimate simcha is the simcha of being within Hashem, Yehudi law, right? So how does that stim? So <clears throat> the way it stims, the, the, the one who, the Avedas Pnim, the Sefer that I really love, the Avedas Pnim from Rabbani Luria, he was a Slanim Rechassid, he was the Rav of Tveria in the late 19th, early 20th century. <clears throat> so he clarifies this idea. It doesn't bring from the Rebbe, but the, this idea that's, the seeming contradiction that's found in Chassidus, in all Chassidus Shesvarim. You'll have places in Chassidus Shesvarim that talk about, you know, like you, like you mentioned, Mirirus, bitterness and crying and, and how far I am from God and, 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 and Ava Ke'esh, love like passion of fire, that I, that I feel so far and I'm all of Seder Shtalshus, all the downshining of world is only a drop and I, I, I want God. And on the other hand, Chassidus, the Chassidus Shesvarim, that'll talk about how God is everywhere and in everything. So the Avedas Pnim says, he says it on the Pasuk, Shalom Shalom L'Rachok V'Lakarov. The Pasuk in Yeshaya, Shalom Shalom L'Rachok V'Lakarov. 
peace, peace to one who is near and one who is far. <clears throat> so Chazal already asked, what does that mean, one who is near, one who is far? So it's a brochik shenasekarv, means someone that was far that became close, the tshuva. But Pashat Shana means to someone that's both near and far, which of course reminds us of Titanic, right? <laughs> <clears throat> but Lamaisa, um, it says, shalom, shalom, l'rochik v'lakarv, someone that's near and far. So the Avedas Pnim teaches up that the difference is mitzad Hashem, mitzad the, the truth of what God is, the objective something. truth of what God is, versus who you are, where you're holding, who you what you be'etzim are, where you subjectively are within you. Mitzad me, I'm 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 infinitely away from God, but mitzad God, I'm within God all the time. So that, that's how that, that, so there has to be that simcha. So the Altar Rebbe actually brings at the end of Tanya chapter 34 from the Zohar. He says that the Zohar says, And Atzvus, I don't remember the Lashon that he uses, but there has to be on one side of the heart, joy, and the other side of the heart, bitterness. At the same time. <coughs> One has to be, have joy about one's closeness to God and bitterness of one's distance from God. Because mitzad God, you're within God, so you have to have that amuna. But mitzad, what I subjectively feel and experience, I'm infinitely distant from Hashem. So there has to be this constant, the simcha and the, the mirrors, right? Now again, it's important, I mentioned last week, I'll say it again, that the Alter is also adamant <coughs> that bitterness, <coughs> even though one has to have it in the heart, it doesn't mean that one has to be consciously aware of it. You have to have only set times. Because <clears throat> it, be, it could bring a person to a bad place, to the, the, uh, a place of despair, etc. So there has to be set times when you have these thoughts. But Lamaisa, so that's what we learned last week, the Alter Rebbe. And I said that the Piazetzner, when he's talking about how a person is constantly worried, <clears throat> and this worry is gnawing at him at his heart, <clears throat> that it's, it's similar to, the, it's the same like what the Alter Rebbe said. And so, so Rabbi Gali Brady asked, what do you mean? The Alter Rebbe is talking about a metaphysical, ontological truth. The Piazetzner is talking about your failings, your shortcomings, you threw yourself into Tivus, etc. So I mentioned that the, Alter, that, that the Piazetzner himself says that, with, that to those people, don't come into the group and spoil it for those of pure hearts. To Hori Leva Das. So I was saying that for them, when, 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 and Jonathan asked last week, he asked, what do you mean? The, 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 the Pizetzna uses the words, in filth and disgustness, my whole life was a chaticha shonavela, full of disgusting desires. So Jonathan said, how could that be the same thing the Alter Rebbe is saying? So I want to make myself clear. What I was saying, it doesn't mean those of us that have disgusting desires, kipshutai, in other words, can also be part of the group. He's, in other words, I was saying that what he, he's talking to people that are of pure heart and pure mind, for those type of people on that level, when one gets to that level, then any taiva is disgusting. A taiva for chocolate chip cookies Uh-oh. is disgusting. <laughs> I mean, we're not on that level, but ultimately that's, that's a taiva is a taiva, right? But those of us that have a taiva that chocolate chip cookies is the least of our worries, right? For those the rest of us, it doesn't mean that he's saying that you can't be part of the group. He's saying it has to bother you that that's the case. Right. That's an akuda. So, so that's just to make clear, clarify from last week. It's not that he's saying, it's not that he's saying that, and not that I was saying that only he says like the Alter and only if you have that kind of worry. A person that's worried about this situation, that I'm who I am, that I'm not close to Hashem, 
and have disgusting types of kapshutim that that bothers me, as long as you're bothered by it, you could join the group. Check. Okay. <clears throat> Good. So that was Ois Aleph. We're, we're over here in, in the fourth Ois Dalit on page 10. By Ois Aleph, we, that's what we, we, we read last week, that the first tonight to be able to join the community is that one has this, this feeling of, of, of worry about what's going to be with my relationship with God. And he says, not just that one knows Beseichel, not just that one knows intellectually, because he says anyone that's not crazy or drunk Knows intellectually. You see what it is? Uh, yeah. Uh, th- <coughs> we just finished this one, so we're about to start this one. Okay? You must be a uh, Yeah, in the English and, and Rabbi Shulman's, it is page seven. We, we, number two, we're up to. Yeah. So, number one, he said, <clears throat> we don't just mean that, in your, that you should understand intellectually that, 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 that my situation, I'm far from Hashem. That's obvious. One has to be drunk or crazy not to know that. Every, and that, that's again, that's what I'm saying. The Piazetzner is not saying that you'll ever get rid of that worry. I want to make that clear. In other words, it's a worry that you always have to have. Because we're, we're all human and we're always having those. Even. But what I want to get to is that, what I wanted to say is that it says in Chesidus that Moshe Rabbeinu Vayichal, that he got sick of worry, that... that um, uh, Chole is gematria 49. The word chole for sick is the word for a sick person. Chole is 49. 49. Chole. Is it? With above. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Chole is 49. Yeah, yeah. So what, what it says, that a person has the 49th, the revelation of the 49th level of Bina. You know, the Pasuk says about Moshe Rabbeinu, that he made him a little less than Elikim, that it says that Moshe Rabbeinu had a revelation of, of 49 levels of the 49 levels of Bina, but not the Shara Hamishim, not the 50th gate. So it says, if you, that even if you have a revelation of the 49, 49th level of Bina, but you're missing that last level, the ultimate level, one could be sick. You understand? So it's not just because we're human. What I'm trying to say is that even by tzaddikim, yeah, yeah. Uh, until Mashiach comes, there's always going to be a dis- a, this distance between man and God. And therefore that daiga, that worry, has to be a constant. That, that's, that's the idea. Okay, let's go to his base. The second tnai, <clears throat> the second uh, um, condition to join the group, sheyia ben Torah imaat vim harbe. has to be a ben Torah. A little or a lot. Now, I just want to, what does a Ben Torah mean? You know that's a very political question in, in Israel, right? I don't know if you know in Israel, B'nai Torah, it's a whole thing. What's a Ben, you know, it's, a, it's almost a political affiliation become. But that's not obviously what a Ben Torah means. What does it mean to be a Ben Torah? When the language is used, a Ben Torah. Torah guides your life. You know, oh, you that Torah is important to you. That's how I understand it also. He says, Rabbi Shulman, dedicated to learning and keeping Torah. Okay, I understand, but I, I understand more Ben Torah, that Torah is important to you. They are connected to Torah. And that's why he says, It doesn't matter. You don't have to be a Lamdin. You don't have to be a genius. You don't have to know all of Shas, or even half of Shas, or even one Masechta. As long as Torah is important enough that you learn it a little. That, that it's important enough that, that you want to learn it, that you try to learn it. Right? Even if it's a little. It's like a prerequisite is fulfilled by God. Hmm? No. This whole idea is that you can't come to, the, to my program for your Ben Torah. If you go to the program, you're a Ben Torah. <coughs> what do you mean? He's defining Ben Torah as someone who's connecting to Torah and learning. 
I, I, well, he's not really defining mentor. I was just defining mentor. He's oh. just saying that if only a ben Torah could be part of the group. So and I was I saying, what is a ben Torah? And he says, right. and you, any ben Torah could be part of the group, whether a lot or a little. Right. So what does that mean? I don't think it's what I, I don't think it's if you come to the group, then you're in fact automatically a ben Torah. Right. No. no, I don't no. think that's uh. no. It's that your machshav Torah in the way that it's your guiding principle. <clears throat> you think about all reality. Through the prism of Torah. I'll tell you, you might ask, if, you, if Torah isn't important to you, why would you want to come to the group? Or you could ask that question, right? Yeah. But the, the answer is very simple. There are a lot of people that want to be spiritual and not religious. <laughs> right? A lot of people like to be spiritual and not religious. A lot of people like the experience of meditation and these type of things. Yeah, give me all of that. But halacha, no. Right? Because it's a lot more exciting. Right? So, so, so that's actually... Um, the Mitter Rebbe says something that's in, in this week's uh, yeah this week's parsha at the end of this week's par no the end of last week's parsha was was talking about bes- uh, Nochor Besuel all the all the kids that Nochor had and then it says the end the last week the last pasuk of Vayera is Upilagshay Ushmei Ruuma and he had a Pilegish a concubine named named Ruuma and they give birth to Chveis Tav Gacham whatever Macha right. So, so Pilaksha Yushma Ruma, his concubine was named Ruma. So the Mitha Rebbe says that Ma in Chesidus always means Bittel. To have the experience of being included within Hashem, to come to that place of Ma. Ma Hashem Mimach. Hashem wants for me to become Ma, to go into that place of being included within Hashem. But the Mitha Rebbe says you could have a person that has a Pilegesh, a concubine, and the concubine is Ruma. See that I could also have the experience of Bittal. Mm. Now, words, I have a, what's in this one, concubine and a wife? Concubine is like not, I'm not fully devoted. It's only, you know, for the fun. So, and, and the Mitha Rebbe is saying there could be such a thing as Pilaksha Ushma Ruma. There's a Pilagish that's known. Look, I could also have Bittal. Mm-hmm. I could have a Gishmaka Davana. I could have the experience of spirituality. But it's a Pilagish because one is not a Bentorah. Oh, very good, exactly. In other words, it's, it's just, no it's just an experience for the fun of having the experience. <coughs> yeah. I've heard explain that it's a, why is it a Ben Torah, not like an Ish Torah? Okay. Because you kind of like have to be like a child vis-a-vis the Torah, like always, always uh-huh. open and always um, trying to learn more and not think that you're... Interesting. There. Interesting. Okay. Gimel, number three. Even if you're a businessman, you're a, you're a merchant or you're an artisan, doesn't matter. It doesn't, you don't have to be in kolal all day. We're not talking to people who have to be in kolal all day at all. You could be a businessman. As long as you have time, three times a week for these, these tri-weekly meetings. Three times a week you have to make time to meet with this group. That's pretty intense. It's almost every other day. Yeah. Right? So it, in other words, because that's the saying, you could be a businessman, that's fine. As long as you could meet three times a week, every other day you could come. So that's, that already a lot of people probably like, see ya. Right? But again, it's important for us to remember. <coughs> bring it on, bring it on. <coughs> we're trying to, you know, we're trying to glean from this whatever we can, whatever we could bring into our own life. And even though you're a businessman, you have to be careful with the tikune achever, the, the rules of the group, as we'll explain soon. Number four, Dalit. Hafachfach means a person that always changes their mind. In English, the word is fickle. 
<coughs> it's actually the Gemara in Megillah uses the word Afach Fachabed Achashverosh. You might as the ultimate. Achashverosh was like, kill all the Jews, yes! Right. Kill all the Jews, yeah, yeah, Haman, go for it. And then all of a sudden Esther's like, yeah, and he's like, kill Haman, right? That's the ultimate of the person that doesn't have firm, a firm belief system. Flip flopper. A person that, that, that it's, is easily changed from one thing to another. Only a person that's not naturally a, a, a fickle person. That when he decides today, when he takes a decision today, <coughs> from his, his, his uh, how does Rash, it change that? Rashness. Rashness, yeah. yeah. Uh, impetuous, impetuousness, yeah. yeah. Because Pachzuse, that the word Pachas is. By Ruvain. right. Pachas Kamaim. Exactly. <coughs> that the Torah says that Ruvain, when he switched Yaakov's beds, right? Like unstable, or something. That, it says that 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 uh, not unstable. Pachas is impetuous. It means like yeah. you know, uh, um, what's the word? Impulsive. When a, impulsive. 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 So a person that one day today you make a decision. I'm going to finish shas. I'm going to finish all of shas, and the next day you know, it's uh, never mind. Was it, not important. He says that one day he decides that, you know, with, with, his, with his impulsiveness, makes a decision, and then the next day, he nullifies and tramples the next day, is, is uh, casually, like without any, without paying attention, like it's, you know, is, what's, where does the term come from? Shabbos, Hilcha Shabbos, right? What's Literally, means the back of the hand. The back of the hand. So in the laws of Shabbos, certain things that if you do yad, you don't do mamash with your hand like this, but like you do it yad, like moving muktzah. Moving muktzah with your, with your elbow is allowed because it's yad, Right? That's the Alter Rebbe's very makel when it comes to moving with your shoulder. At Yodav, you can move muktzah because that's not, that's, that's, he, he calls that yad. So klachiyad means like almost. What, what, and why are you allowed to do that on Shabbos? Why are you why are you allowed to move move muktzah klachiyad? <coughs> why? Because it's not a, a normative ma'isa. No, it's not a normative ma'isa. Okay, a, it's something you're doing not with your inner being, so to speak. It's something that like you just do with a shinoi. With a shinoi, yeah. it's not real. It's not. It's not your ultimate expression. It's not your ultimate expression. It's just something you do klachiyad. One day, one day yes, one day not. And he turns the plate upside down. He completely changes his mind. In other words, what the, the Piazetzner is saying is, I need somebody who's fully invested. Fully invested. Piazetzner is saying, you can't, you can't really change for the kind of change that the Piazetzner wants us to have with, with you know, a, a day yes, a day not. It, it can't work like that. It's, you know, Chazal already say, um, that if a person leaves God for one day, he says, I'll leave you for two days. Because if you go away distant, then God goes a day distant, then that's two days. In other words, a person, it has to be constant. That's, you know, consistency means that it's real. Consistency means that it's real. Sure, many of you probably remember when, when you con- decided to consistently daven three times a day or consistently put on tefillin every day. Then it becomes real. Then it becomes something that that's who I am. 
And that really brings us to the Oishe, the last, <clears throat> the last condition. That here we're saying a person shouldn't be um, fickle and impulsive, and then that brings to the next thing, which is that a person shouldn't be a liar. Look, shaloye shakrin veramai. Person should be a liar and a cheater. Now, what does he mean here, a liar and a cheater? Uh, he doesn't mean like by poker, that you know you count cards or something. What does he mean here, a liar and a cheater? shakrin veramai shakur bishkarov. Shakur means immersed within one's lies. What, is he, what do I mean immersed in one's lies? You have a person that says a lie once in a while. God forbid. Even though that's also really bad. One is not allowed to lie. You could still come into the group. Right? All of a, you know, a little white lie once in a while. Everybody once in a while says a little white lie. It happens that's... Uh, that's, that's, that's unfortunately the part of the human condition, right? So, you could still come to the group. What am I talking about? A cheater and a liar. A person who's essentially a liar and a cheater. Uh, cheats others and even himself. So what's he talking about over here? He's not talking about a liar that, or a cheater, that a liar, you know, that... Uh, pretends that is that, that something what is he talking about he's talking about a person that fools themselves a liar and a cheater a person that's sunk that's shakua that's sunk that's completely immersed in lie means that a person that that, that, that doesn't have an authentic look at oneself right that person that, that, that has a completely skewed you know not honest view of self right a person that, that, that's not authentic Obviously, this can be taken to an extreme, right? In Kotsk, probably we all would be considered inauthentic. There's, there's a, what does it mean to be authentic? What does it mean? You know, that's, that itself we could forbring about for a long time. What does it mean to be authentic? How, how, how hard it is to be truly authentic, right? But he's talking about somebody that Mamish has such a lack of self-awareness that he fools himself. You know, the Rebbe Maharash, Fourth Rebbe Chabad said, you can't fool Hashem. You can't fool God. And the truth is you can't fool other people also. You want to fool yourself? What's the big deal? You can fool an idiot. <laughs> That's what the Merav and Marash said. Right? What does it mean to be truly authentic? Oh, so what does it mean to be truly authentic? What does it mean? What does it mean not, what does it mean not to lie? Not to lie to others, not to lie to yourself. What does it mean? To act in the way that represents your ideals. Beautiful. Your, 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 your own... Who you really are. It should match your actions and your behaviors. Right. <clears throat> In other words, <clears throat> a person that, you know, there are people that, that there's such a thing as not toichi kabar, people that their inside is not like their outside, yeah. right? But here he's not even ta- he's not talking about that because that could be a person who does it on purpose, that I, I act a certain way, even though that's not who I really am, I pretend to be something that I'm not. He's not talking about that. He's talking about a person that thinks that I'm taka the way I should be. And he's fooling himself. person's in trouble when they believe their own BS. <laughs> exactly. That's, you could say, that's a, that's a very good way of saying it. Right? We have to know... So you're like, all, but everything is really learned to a certain extent, right? So, I mean, we, we sit and we learn, we learn just the rules of society from 
from synagogue, from the Torah, from our parents, from family, from wherever. And if somebody's following that, like, I mean, how is that not being, I mean, so they don't really know what authentic really is, right? They're following what, they, what everybody is telling them what they should do. Right. Right. So, so where do you get authentic from? <clears throat> okay. So it's, what you're saying is very important. Very important, because there's f- no one like the Balshemtiv valued simple Jews that do something without knowing why they're doing it, just with simple Kabbalah, Shalom, accepting the yoke of heaven. Because this is, I know I'm a Jew and I have to do it, and I don't understand, and I. You know, and then the, the Balshev, the Sifrei Hasidim are full of stories of Jews that don't do things right or, you know, do things, make a mistake, but they mean it with their whole heart. So, but that's the idea. In other words, let me, let me respond to you like this. You know the story, the, there's a story, uh, a famous story the, that the Baal, uh, one was Yom, was Yom Kippur by the Baal Shem Tov, And he, they were waiting for him to start Ne'ilah and he wasn't starting Ne'ilah. And it was getting really late. <clears throat> and they said to the Baal Shem Tov, what's going on? And Baal Shem Tov said that he sees in Shemaim that if they dive into Elah now, there's going to be a terrible gzair. And at that time, there was a very simple orphan boy who was a, a shepherd that, you know, his parents said when he was young, he never had a chance to learn anything, he didn't know anything. All he knew was the Aleph base. And he started saying the Aleph base. Now, there are different versions of the story. There's another version that says that he started clucking like a rooster. Right? That he started clucking like... Because all he knew was that it was he would spend time with the roosters, with the chickens. So he started clucking like a chicken. That's another version. Boober, Boober's version is that he took out a flute and started playing. <laughs> that, that's obviously the, non-relig- <laughs> the non-halachic <laughs> version. <laughs> Antinomia, because it's Yom Kippur, Right? But one way or the other, whether it was clucking like a rooster or saying the Aleph Beis, the Baal Shem Tov said that his simple but completely authentic prayer pierced the heavens. Now, what do you mean by authentic? Seemingly, he, do, he doesn't know anything. He doesn't, he's just a simple boy that just an Aleph Beis or just knows how to cluck like a chicken. But that goofy is doing with all his heart. When simple Jews, they do it, that, that, that their heart is... Connected. What Hashem wants is the heart. Rahman Aliba boy. God wants the heart. So when you do it with your heart, that is authentic. Does that answer not, your question? Not the content so much of what you're doing, because that could be inherited from your parents or your school. <clears throat> it's the fashion, in, in the way in which you do it. Are you doing it as a representation of who you really think you are? Or, as, or are you consciously doing it as, oh, I'm going to just follow the traditions, but I don't really believe it? That would be, the latter would be inauthentic. Right. Whereas if you're following your traditions, because that's what you learned and that's what your parents taught you, but that's how you've internalized it and you've made it your own, that's not inauthentic. That's... That's not what you're saying. Well, well, I'm, yeah. well, he's well I'm, I'm saying something a little bit different in that it is what did Brother Braun say, because the... No, he didn't say internalize it. Yes. I don't think you have well, it depends on what you mean. Internalize, yeah, internalize is a very difficult fan, word. Like, right. It's a internalize bit, is a word that's, dif- it's that's very, hard to, yeah. to really pin down and right. to misunderstand. Right. What I mean internalize is From that's the heart. who he was. That's who he was. If he, if he accepts that as he is and that's what he wants to be, then it's not inauthentic. It's only inauthentic is if you consciously have that dissonance between what you're doing and what you really truly believe. If you're doing something because your parents told you to do it, but 
you don't really buy it. It's just what your parents, and you don't want to get into a fight with your parents. You want to just, you know, take the easiest yeah, path. Then do. it's not authentic. But here, Mark, but if you right. do buy it. Right. Oh, in other words, that, that, let's that's... Let's say you do buy it, yeah. but I mean, how is that authentic or how is that just being fooled? Well, because if it's true, I mean, we would say if it's truthful, if, you're, if it's in the way of, of Torah and in the way of wisdom, then that's Ennis. And the fact that you got it because you were a good son and you listened to your parents then, or you... Then you're saying something different, though. Pardon? Actually, I'm actually doing no, this the question. I'm, I, I think it's a misunderstanding of what people in, in the modern world were very hung up about. Well, you got it from your parents. You got that's not that doesn't make something inauthentic if you actually accept. That's that's, that's a better word than internalize. Accept. That, yeah, I said that's why I said it's not the content that that distinguishes between authentic and inauthentic. It's how you relate to that content. Because that's the media that if you have that media, then you're welcome in the power. It doesn't mean everything you do is necessarily right or wrong. Right. Because the content is not the important. Right, the content is not, and that's why I guess I'm suggesting that the, the, the barometer for whether it's good or bad is, is it Emmis? Is it Torah? Is it, like, and you can ask questions on that. Like, you say, well, how do you know that it's, you know, well, that's what I'm that saying. Then it, how do you know that it's true? Are you, you're saying that the, the religious, the, per, the, the person who looks like they're daffing and shuckling and, but it's bad faith. Like that's, they're lying to themselves. Yeah, that's inauthentic. Yeah, because they're putting on a show yeah. such to the extent they believe the show. That's the problem. That's, that's, that, the, that's, problem. that's the biggest. You'd rather have someone who doesn't. Who you're saying it'd be like more authentic to have the person who's who's like they'll come once a year, Yom Kippur. And be like, but you know, I, and yeah, then they fear God and they come with genuine fear on, on the day of on the Yom Hadin. But like, but that's not. But I'm not Shomer Shabbos and I don't keep kosher. I don't do anything. But I come Yom Kippur and I fear the and I fear the head because that's what my grandfather brought me. You're saying that would be more authentic than the guy who's like shopping down three times a day, but he's like to himself. I think it'd be more authentic. I don't know if you'd be welcome in the Chabura. Why? Well, it depends how you define Ben Torah. I don't think Imat Imharbe is a quantitative thing necessarily. It's also how central it is in your consciousness, how how decisive it is. If you're, if you're Machal Shabbos and you're not living an Orthodox life, I don't know if the Piazetta would say that's being a Ben Torah, Imat or, or Harbe. I don't know. I, I, well, if I don't like Springs, his grandfather I mean, brought him in a couple of that's what he, is, he, keeps, he still keeps. I mean, what um, you're implying is that authentic means that there's something innate in us that's separate from what's being taught. So if what's innate is the same as what's being taught, then it's authentic, right? But isn't that true? We all have a neshama, so what we're being taught is the truth of who we really are. So that's definitely, in other words, we believe that the, you know, the real us is the one on Yom Kippur by Ne'ilah, as we're right. Gonna, right? No, that's who I really am. Yom Kippur by Ne'ilah is who I really am. It's the rest of the year that, that I'm, I'm, I'm not acting according to who I really am. So, yes, it's authentic because it, if it, 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 it parallels my deepest self. And, but, but the Piazetzner is saying inauthenticity is not just talking about bad faith. He's talking about a person that could fool themselves. Well, maybe that is what, Sar- what uh, Sartre means by bad faith. In yeah, other words, he's not, and not talking about a person that just puts on a show for others. He himself is, is fooling himself. That's the biggest bad faith. Like a person that, even a person that thinks that davening, if I, if I, like, like Rabbi Unterman said, if I shuckle a lot by davening, it means that I had a good davening. 
I, I didn't think about God at all. I just chuckled. But you convince yourself that that means I'm davening. You know, people are right away, as soon as they start davening, they're like completely on fire. It just becomes part of the... So that's like, that. I'm fooling myself. And you'll see that's what he means from, look, what he, look how he continues. Al ish kazeh, about such a person, shamati mikveit kedushas chosni I heard from my father-in-law, my teacher, Harav Tzadik, the the his the Rabbi Yerachmiel Moshe, the Koshnitzer. I heard from my father-in-law, Shamar b'shem is a tzadik zia that he said in the name of some righteous person, Shaaf lo shuvi eshlish kazed that such a person can't even do tshuva. Why? Because they shigam tshuvasi b'sheker he, because even his tshuva is not authentic, even his tshuva is not real. So person, how could a person, such a person do tshuva? A person that's so completely lacking self-awareness and a person that's so completely fooling themselves, how could they ever do tshuva? The tshuva is also in, is completely not real. There's a, you know, there's a, a story that the, it's, 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 it's a, Kutsk, a Kutsk-esque story. By the way, there, I don't, if anyone's not familiar, I keep mentioning Kutsk. You know, the Kutsk Reb or Mendel of Kutsk, just to, for those that, that might not know, the Kutsk Reb was... Uh, Menachem Mendel of Kotsk, he was a fiery... Well, let me say it like this. There's a, there's a book which is, I highly recommend required reading for everyone for, by Rabbi A.J. Heschel, known as Passion for Truth. It's an unbelievable book. It's about the Kotzker and Kierkegaard. And, and in that book, also, Heschel compares the, the Kotzker with the Balshemtiv. And he talks about how, like, his, throughout his life, his youth, he was always enchanted by the Balshemtiv, you know, in love with the Balshemtiv. Uh, uh, inspired by the Balshantav and the Kutzker he was scared of, challenged by, right? The, the Kutzker demanded Emes, complete authenticity to the extent that he became so disillusioned with, with, with humanity that he locked himself up in a room for 19 years. 19 years he stayed in a room because he couldn't handle humanity. He only had three, three Tamidim that stayed with him. So that's that's, that's already a, that's that's, that's already uh, apocryphal. That's uh, you know uh, that's, that's the that's famous story. Right. Okay, whatever. With that, but the Kotzko was definitely was a person that you know. I'll say a story that it's just since we're already on the topic, um, just to show you how extreme Kotzk took this uh, in Indian of authenticity. So I don't know if any of you heard of Rebbe Eger. Blabel Eger was the grandson of Rabbi Kiv Eger. He was the grandson of Rabbi Kiv Eger that became a, a chassid and eventually became a rebbe. So there's a story that once when he was in Kotsk, what, what? Once when he was, when Blabel Eger was in Kotsk, so when he first got there, he wasn't yet a chassid. He came to Kotsk because he wanted to learn, whatever. Maisi came to Kotsk and he came to Shachar, so at seven o'clock in the morning. And he saw that a Kotzker Chassid, you know the story. You said it I've the, said it on the note, on your yeah. voice note. A Kotzker Chassid came, came also to, <laughs> at the same time at 7 o'clock. Sir so Blayblager, you know, put on Tassel Tfilin, started davening. You know, by 8, 8, 8.30, he was done davening. And he sees that this Kotzker Chassid that came the same time as him is standing by the window with a talus on his shoulder. He hadn't started davening. So Blayblager thought it a little strange. He went home to have breakfast. Paschachris came back to learn in the base of and he sees that this chassid is still standing by the window with the talis. He thinks it's strange, but goes on. And he spends a couple hours learning, you know, until one, two o'clock. He wants to go for lunch, and then he notices, he was completely immersed in his learning, two o'clock, he notices that this kotzker 
This chassid is still standing by the window with the talus. Now all of a sudden he sees that he throws the talus down, sits down, opens up a safe and starts learning. Vleiberg doesn't understand. He waits and then all of a sudden it's like, it's like almost shkia. Like five, and he, all of a sudden he puts the talus on the shoulder and he again stands by the window. And it's almost like 10 minutes before shkia. And he quickly throws on the talus and Tfil and takes out a sitter and runs to Davni in 10 minutes. So Vleiberg Blei Blei goes to him and says, what was that all about? So he said, I heard from the Rebbe, from the Kotzker, that a person that davens today only for the reason because I davened yesterday, the biggest Russia in the world is better than him. See, this, is, this relates to your question. Wait, 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 let me just finish the story. A person that davens today only because you davened yesterday, the most wicked person in the world is better than him. So Bleibel Eger said to him, so he said he was, he was waiting the whole day that it should be authentic. So Bleibel Eger said to him, so in the end, did you daven today authentically? He said, no, but I'm not, I'm not going to miss Shachris. I might be worse than the biggest rush in the world, but I'm not going to miss Shachris. Right? It, might be, it might be horrible, but, but I have to daven. But that's the Vart. In other words, so that's obviously that's, a very extreme... A very extreme, radical... So I'm saying Kotsk is very radical in its passion for truth. That's right. why Heschel called the book Passion for Truth. Right? And, you know, there's, there's a, another book by, uh, I forgot his first name, Rosen, uh, called The Quest for Eth- Authenticity. Michael Rosen. Michael Rosen. Michael Rosen. Michael Rosen. Michael Rosen. The Rebbe of the Kotzker. Michael Rosen. Michael And, um, <clears throat> yeah, so that's, and that's a very, I, I always joke that when, when I was dating Bailey, she read that book and then she, like, broke up with me. Because <laughs> it, 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 like, messed her up so badly. <laughs> So, that story also shows that. Tshuva, yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it worked sh- out in the end. <laughs> the yeah. story also shows that authenticity is not the highest ideal. Like you have to dive in chakras. That's right. Exactly. Authentic. Beautiful. That's Which is, right. Which fits with what you we were saying that if you do it because your father did it, you have to do it. In other words, there's that always that that idea that we do it nasivanishma, but then the work is being authentic. But over here, I think the PSS is really saying, not just a person that's, it's unauthentic to the state, like Rav said, that you believe your own lies, you believe your own, you know, whatever. Sha'af lo because that person can't, that person can't really do tshuva. Because even that isn't real. Kenal like we said before, that he's fooling himself. He could imagine, he could think, he could, he could uh, have this illusion that in one moment he becomes a tzaddik that's able to like do tremendous things in the upper worlds, right? Um, but in truth, like tzaddik, he's not a tzaddik, he didn't do anything. Because that's his very, very um, uh, um, rash, very, not rash, the very uh, sharp. sharp about such a person. He says, that per- the person thinks, I was going to tell you a story. The Friedrich Rebbe, the previous Baal Rebbe, once was, was walking with Chacha Fagan, his secretary, and they saw somebody who was, <clears throat> who was uh, uh, I think it was, it was um, by Slichus or whatever, and he saw a person was hitting a Shamnu and crying. He was hitting, he was hitting a Shamnu and he was crying. And the Friedrich Rebbe said, er He already forgave himself. <laughs> In other words, he, he already forgave himself. He, I had a good cry, so I forgive myself, so I know I'm okay. In other words, there's such a thing, and again, we're talking about this is a high level, but such a thing of like, how much is, you know, am I fooling myself? I could pretend that I, you know, I, I have to know my, the real situation of who I am. 
You know, the Bali Musa talk about this ad infinitum, or ad nauseum, however you'd like to say, but that a person has to know, you know, to be, in order to be able to grow, a person has to know where I'm actually holding. I can't fool myself that I'm a big tzaddik. I don't know how many people today have that problem, that they fool themselves that they're a big tzaddik. I think today, in today's day and age, we have the other problem, that everyone thinks they're a big Russia. I think that's today's day and age, the, the biggest mistake that people make. But if anyone still thinks that they're a tzaddik, the Piazetsner is saying to join the group, you have to know, you have to have your feet in reality, you have to know the truth. Okay, what time is it? It's uh, 46. 46, okay, let's, let's, just, let's just start uh, the, next, the, the beginning of the next piece. Seder em tzoyvi yasoyda chevra. The order, the, 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 the techniques and the foundation of the group. The actual foundation, what the group is all about, what the techniques are going to be of the group of this group. Here's where we get to the meat and potatoes, where he really starts explaining what the avoid of bnei machshavatoyv is. So it says the piyazasan like this: Ois Aleph, haposuk miyaseres Yisrael va'oimer. The pasuk inflicts miyaser means chastises, rebukes the klal Yisrael, and says. Vatishkach kel mechayleleka. That's a pasuk in Hazinu, right? Vatishkach kel mechayleleka. What does that mean? Forgotten the God that has brought, that has wrought you, that has brought you, that has given birth to you. You forgot God that gave birth to you. <clears throat> Says the Piazetzner. So now, as the pasuk in, in, in Hazinu, the pasuk is chastising and rebuking the Bnei Israel. You've forgotten God. And says the Piazetzner, Zeu Iker Asiba Shemar Adam in Alikov. This is the main thing that makes a person feel distanced from God, that you forget God. Now, what is he talking about when he's talking about forget, not forgetting God? Let, let's, just, no, let's just finish read a little more. Ubit like the Tfilasach Rebeli Melech, like the, the famous Tfilah of Rebeli Melech from the Jensk. You know, there's a famous, the Holy Rebeli Melech, the Rebbe Melech from the Jensk wrote a prayer. It's printed in many Sidurim. And in that prayer, one of the things that he, that's written that we should ask Hashem, that that my thought should be pure and clear and strong. Meaning, and that's the opposite of forgetting God. So what's he talking about when he's saying forgetting God? You know, usually when, if you read the, the Pasuk simply, that, oh, you've forgotten God. How, how, do, how do most people understand the simple meaning of that you've forgotten God? That like, you know, you've uh, forgotten God completely. I've forgotten God completely. He's not negating that. That's, that's not what we're talking Obviously, that's not, you don't need the Piazetzna, the Pasuk, to tell you not to forget God completely. But he's not just talking about forgetting completely. Not even like in your way of life. In other words, oh, you, you know, like a person says, you know, the, the beloved says to their beloved, you've forgotten me. What does that mean when a person says to their beloved, you've forgotten me? You didn't put me... As the primary object of your consciousness. Right. And, and, and the Piazetzner is saying, even deeper than that, when he's saying not to forget God, he means even momentarily. He means not to forget God ever. If I were to ask you, what's the most important practical lemaisa thing in Judaism that we have to do? What's the most important? What would you say? What's the most important practical thing that we need to work on as Jews? 
It's because that's what I'm saying. Being loving God or being. So there's something even more. Loving implies a consciousness. You can't love something that is not. Exactly. So what's the most important thing? And you know how you know it's the most important? It's the first halach in Shulchan Aruch. The Ramah brings it the very beginning of Shulchan Aruch. The, fa- the, the fact that it's the first halach in Shulchan Aruch is not just chronological, it's, it's, it's uh, substantial. It means something. It means it's the first halach in Shulchan Aruch and all the other halachas are meaningless without it. Not meaningless, chas v'sham, but it's, the, it's what gives life to all the other halachas. What's that? Not to forget God. To have God's presence in front of me all the time. And the Piazzetz is saying that's what makes us feel far from God that we don't have God in our thoughts, that God is in a constant presence in my thoughts, that I'm not doing the first halach and shulchan aruch. That, and this is, you know, it's not that it's an easy thing to do. Professor Eliezer Berkowitz, he, he has in a book, I love the way he, he phrases it, that the, the essence of Judaism is the awareness that all of life is forever lived in the presence of God. The awareness that all of life is forever lived in the presence of God. No matter what I'm doing, I'm in the presence of God. Remembering that is, is ultimately, that's the first halach and shulchan aruch, the most important halach and shulchan aruch, because it, like you said, it gives birth to everything else, consciousness of God. And that's how the Piyasetsu begins and says, we're talking about not forgetting God ever. You know, there's a var from the Baal Shem Tov and the Pasuk in Tehillim, I think Lamed Beis, Lamed Gimel, it says in Tehillim, Ashrei Odom lo yachshav Hashem lo avon. Ashrei Adam... Lo yachshov Hashem lo, with the Lamed Vav, avon. What's the simple meaning of that? Praiseworthy is the person. Asher lo yachshov Hashem, that God doesn't reckon for him a sin. Right? Asher Adam shal yachshov lo Hashem oven, that Hashem can, can't yes. think about a sin that he does. But the Baal Shem Tev read it, Asher Adam lo yachshov lo Hashem, that a person that doesn't, for that person that thinking about, not thinking about God, oven is a sin. That's Asher. Asher Adam Layachshav Hashem Lay Oven. That for a person, Asher, the person that not thinking about God is already a sin. And that's the Piazetsna he's, he's talking about over here. That then this is what we're going to be working on, and this is what we're going to mitzvah Hashem. The the the, the whole machshav is, is that one has to work on never forgetting God. It's not an easy thing. It's it's but that is ultimately what one has to work on the most. It's the first Allah and Shulchan Aruch and, the, and having the machshava thinking about God. Is that like um, something like the kavana that you need to have or is it like the actual action? Because like, what I'm trying to reconcile is that you know, you're supposed to do the action, like putting on tefillah and even if you don't have any intent, even if you don't really like think about it, you're just doing it, that's still important and more important than just having the kavana to do it. So it kind of goes back to the original thing that we were discussing. But like, so he, what does that mean? Does that mean that you have to have that inner intent or is it the action or is it both? So here's the thing. The way that Hasidim used to say it over, you know that the Orem, the Ark, the Covenant, right? The Orem, the Holy Ark that was in the Holy of Holies that held the Luchas, that held the tablets. How was it made? What was it made of? It was made of three boxes, right? Gold outside. You know those Russian dolls, the, the Babushka dolls? The, the, Huh? That they're big dolls, and then you keep taking them apart. So the Havdil, the Arno, had a gold box. Then inside that was a wood box. And then inside that was a gold box. So it was three boxes, really gold, wood, gold. So you see them say like this. <clears throat> the inside of who you are is always gold. 
the outside of who you are, meaning what you actually do, has to also be gold. Meaning you have to put the tefillin on. The middle, which is your psyche, that's, that could be wood. And it's still, you're still, that's okay. That's, that's called a bainim. But Lamaisa, the Pizetzner is saying, that's, that, in other words, as long as your outer gold matches your inner gold, that's, that's, that's okay. But if you want to join this group and come to feel God in a more intense way, then it's not enough just to put the tefillin on. This is talking about having divine consciousness. That's not enough just to put the tefillin on. This community that the Piazzetsu wants us to form is something much deeper than just putting the tefillin on. And so the first thing the Piazzetsu says to come into this consciousness of God is thinking about God, which is obvious. I mean, that's what you're conscious of, what you're thinking about, where your thoughts are. Where, you, where your thoughts are is where you are. And that's, that's, the, that's what we're going to be talking about, how to work on, how to be thinking, not forgetting Hashem during the day. Talk. Let's stop over here. Okay.